You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. I can't lie to you. It's good to be back at work. Um, it's good to be around people again. Um, it's great to see, you know, our rookies, you know, here and, and working. Um, and I want to assure all of you um, that, one, we're going to make sure all of you get taken care of. I think you know how we do business. Um, I don't want any apprehension on any of your part to think that um, we're, we're not going to still try to do business as usual uh, when it comes to dealing with the media. I understand, um, Frank understands, and, and Matt and his team and Steve Campbell, all of them, you know, we understand you have a job to do, um, and we want to allow you to do your job um, and, and continue to do that job at a high level. Um, so any questions that come up, anything that you think, you know, we need to rehash or rethink, just, just let us know. Um, all right, so we're in a, it's going to be a very interesting year um, without question. Um, and I want to go through kind of our, our plan that has been put together and it's taken a complete team effort. I'm very proud um, of this organization um, and what they've been able to do and accomplish to do everything um, in our power to keep our players, our staff, and everybody safe, and also um, our players' family and our staff's family. Um, it's all important to us. And so we want to give, you know, we want to do everything we can do to mitigate risk. Um, so the NFL and the NFLPA came up with the protocols, um, and it is a lot of information. And um, all these protocols are, are put in place um, for safety reasons um, and to do everything we can um, to keep our building clean and safe uh, so when people come into work, um, they don't have to worry about, you know, somebody being infected, you know, with the, with, uh, the, the coronavirus. Um, so we've mandated um, an infectious co and control officer um, and that is, that is Dave Hammer. Um, and Dave Hanner, Hammer will still be doing some thing on the training room side, but his primary responsibility this season um, is going to be as the infectious control officer. And I can't, I can't say enough good things about what Dave has done leading the charge and everything that we have to get done here. He has been, I mean, Dave is thorough. Um, he's always trying to think of better ways to do things. Um, and he's put together a, a, a strong team, um, that's going to help us, uh, be the best that we can be in this area and keep our players, you know, healthy and safe. Um, but his job is going to be to carry out the pro protocols. Um, you know, he's put together an infectious response team, um, an infectious disease emergency response all the protocols, um, everything that we're doing in the building, um, from screening stations to making sure we have social distancing um, in the cafe, in the locker room, in the break rooms, and meeting rooms. Um, he's made all the hallways uh, one way um, marked where, where we, we don't get big groups of people walking in opposite directions. Um, and from placing dividers on, on each and every locker in the locker room. Uh, I think you'll see when you, when you interview players, um, just a ton of protocols that he's done, he's gone above and beyond. Um, and I'd be remiss by not thanking a lot of people that have put a lot of time into this uh, with Dave. Um, you know, first the Ursay, Mr. Ursay, who has, you know, generously, whatever it took, you know, and whatever we needed, um, he allowed us to, to move forward uh, to make sure um, that we're doing everything, you know, the right way. Um, to our doctors, you know, therm, uh, you know, Dr. Alvey and Dr. Robertson, who's been, you know, heavily involved, Tom Kloick, um, Jeff Brown, um, all our equipment staff, Sean Sullivan, everything that, you know, that, that um, they've had to do to help get ready. Um, Matt Boothby and Brian Poole, what they've done on the IT side and dealing with the contact tracing, 
Um, Kyle Davis, who's also, you know, one of our trainers has kind of uh, taken the charge too with, with the contact tracing. Uh, John Park, um, who's also doing this contact tracing is a very important uh, part of this. Um, everybody in the organization that's had a hand in this. I mean, we're all, everybody's got a role. Um, from everybody that's cleaning, you know, all our maintenance staff, the extra people that we have hired to make sure that we keep everything clean, all high touch areas, um, that we're constantly cleaning um, and making sure um, that we're keeping it safe. It's been a real team effort and it's a credit to every, the people we have in this organization. Um, I'm proud of them. Um, and I've always said that everybody impacts winning that's in, in this building. And it's, no, it's never, it's never going to be more evident than this year because everybody uh, plays, a, plays a big role in this. Um, so I'm very proud of that. Um, you have no idea what, you know, the past two months have been like trying to navigate everything that needed to be done to our building from moving meeting rooms to make sure we're social distance, uh, to moving the weight room, to make sure we had enough space, to make sure we're able to meet, um, with social distancing, um, uh, you know, at the forefront because of contact tracing. I mean, all of that has come into play. And when you look at this, like there's, there's, there's really, there's four things to me that, you know, are, are, are going to be critical. One is testing. It's not everything, but it's important. Um, the second is contact tracing, you know, making sure if somebody gets sick, we know who they've been in contact with long periods of time, um, social distancing, um, and then sanitizing um, and wearing a mask. Uh, all of these things we are doing and we're going to do them at a high level. And, you know, there's some just simple basic things that we can do. And, and, and one is wearing a mask. I don't, I don't understand why that is such a controversy in our country right now. Put a damn mask on. Why is, why is that so hard? Um, it's not about you. It's about, it's about everybody else. And, you know, and we will do that um, within the building. Um, now practice will be, you know, different, but they've got some ways to, to handle that. Um, but saying that, uh, we're going to do everything we can to try to be the best that we can be in this area. Now saying that, uh, we're going to expect bumps along the road. This is unknown. We're in unknown territory. Um, each and every day is a new day. Every day is going to be, we're going to learn something new um, each and every day. And we're going to have to adjust on the fly. Because if you don't, then you could, then you could have problems. So we've got to be pretty nimble on our feet and, and also nimble mentally to be able to see and adjust to anything um, that happens. Uh, but saying that, we feel good about where we're at. We feel good about where we're going. Um, and we'll get ready to, get ready to uh, start training and, and get a football team ready to play. And one that we think has got a chance to do some, some really good things. All right. I will let you all uh, fire away with questions. All right, Charlie Clifford, you're up. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Chris. First off, appreciate Matt and his whole team and, and your whole team helping us out here over the next couple months. And I know it's going to be interesting. As we look ahead to football, um, do you envision more inter-squad scrimmages? How do you get the team ready for the 13th? Uh, good question. We're, we're, we're finalizing our final you know, plan here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're going to have – I mean, we've always been a pretty – you know, we had some pretty lively sessions anyways, um, but we'll probably have two or three occasions when we really get after it. I mean, we got to play um, and you got to get this. We got to get our team ready for the season. So uh, you're going to see some more physical practices um, in spurts um, just so we can get ourselves ready to go and to be able to evaluate. I mean, you know, you got to evaluate the game and our players um going full speed so yes we we will have a few more of those all right kevin bowen hey kev hey chris thank you for the time uh, any players told you that they're opting out yet 
Uh, what are those conversations been like? Do you expect any to opt out? Um, I don't know. I can't, none at this point. Um, and I've not had any discussions with any players about it. We had a big meeting last night where we went through everything that we're doing. Um, you know, what, what, the, what the risks are and how we're doing, what we're doing to mitigate the risk. Um, but at this point, none. Um, but, you know, as soon as we know something, if, if some decide to opt out, we will, we will definitely let y'all know. All right, Zach Kiefer. Hey, Zach. Hey, so, um, you're not in a bubble and you guys can do everything you can at the facility and I get that and that's really smart, but these guys are gonna go home. And my question to you is, what is your level of trust in 60, 65, you know, 80 guys to start? I mean, a lot of this is gonna be on the players, right? And have you guys discussed that? And what is your level of hope in the fact that these guys are not gonna do things that put themselves at risk and therefore put the team at risk? That's a, that's a, really, good, that's a really good question. Um, and it's one at the forefront of, of our building. Um, look, there's, there's going to be sacrifices that are going to have to be made by all of us. Um, everybody that's, that's in the building right now that's with a tier, players, coaches, staff, we're all going to have to make sacrifices. Um, and it, it's, it's the ultimate, it's just like the ultimate test of discipline, you know, right now. Um, you know, can you sustain it? Um, for a long time. I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, I've already cut off um, for the season any visitors coming to town and always got visitors coming in every weekend. But, you know, that's just not the world we're living in right now. Um, you know, and unfortunately, um, we're not going to be able to uh, celebrate every Sunday together with family and friends that I'm used to have coming up for games. Um, so there's going to be sacrifices that each one of us are going to have to be made. And I, and, you know, and I'll talk to the team and I've already talked to him about it, but you know, there's going to have to be that peer pressure from within the locker room to know that um, when you, if you do something, you know, outside of this building um, that puts the team at risk, that's a, you know, that's a selfish move. Um, now we have protocols in place. Um, to hopefully catch it from testing, um, you know, from the daily questions and temperature checks and all the other stuff we're doing to catch it before it gets in the building. Um, but no, it, look, it's the ultimate test of discipline that we're all, this league's going to go through. And look, you're, I mean, like one of the really cool things that's going on right now in the NFL is like, we're talking to each other, trying to help each other figure this out. Um, and I know Frank's had a lot of communication with other head coaches in the league. Um, I've had communication with a lot of GMs in the league and coaches, you know, just what are you doing? You know, what can we do better? Um, that's really cool. I mean, that, that's the, that's the, you know, I think we all want to make this a go and make this work. I mean, cause everybody's saying we can't do it. I mean, I, there ain't nothing better than proving people wrong that we can do it um, and we can do it safely. So I think you're seeing a league come together um, and try to do the right thing and help each other. I mean, because you don't want to see the, you know, you don't want to see the competitive advantages come into play here. I mean, we, when, when we win, we want to win and we, you know, you don't want an asterisk next to the win. Um, are there going to be times when things happen? Absolutely. I mean, uh, this is a highly, this is a contagious disease. So there's going to be circumstances that, on on certain Sundays where you're going to be missing some guys, but we just we just move forward and we do everything we can uh, to mitigate the risk and keep everybody safe. All right, Mike Chapel. Hey, Mike. Chris, how are you doing? A couple of things, just operationally. Will you stick with the 90-man roster until whatever the date is? Is it August sixteenth or whatever it is? So sixteenth. You know, we're going to stick with it for right now. Um, and then make a determination of when they give you the option of being able to make the determination to go down to 80. Um, so right now we've just, you know, we've got, you know, rookies, injured players and quarterbacks in. So they're, we're operating out of the 90. Um, we'll make that decision here in the next, you know, five to 10 days. Also with, with, with you, 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 like a lot of teams, you're always looking for players. 
are you allowed to bring in free agents now or is that not no. allowed? No, we cannot work guys out. We can bring players in with the intent to sign them, but we cannot work players out right now. And I don't know when I don't know when free agent tryouts are gonna start. They haven't given us that. One last question, then I'll quit hogging. You're allowed, I think, two workouts at the stadium for fans. Is that a risk you're not gonna take? Yeah, we're we're having some internal discussions um, about that, but um, and I my point was, you know, I think it's depending on what's going on in the city, you know, where we at, what kind of restrictions do we have, um, you know, what's their recommendation. Um, the the last thing I want, um, and organizationally, the last thing we want um, is to put anybody in harm's way. Don't want to do that, and we won't do that. So we'll make that decision when we when we finally nail down the dates and see what's going on, you know, here around the city. I mean, this is going to be a fluid. There's going to be there's this is going to be very fluid throughout the season, um, and we're learning. Like this month's important because we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn the do's and the don'ts, and you know what do we need to adjust? Um, you know what are the things we have to change? Um, so day to day, we're going to learn. So, I mean, we're already in the first few days of being here, we've learned things um, that are going to help us going forward. And I think that's going to be the case. I mean, this, we're in uncharted territory here. All right. Joe, Joel Erickson. Hey, Joel. Hey, Chris. Um, the effect on the salary cap in, in 2021 uh, with it potentially going down a little bit, um, you guys obviously have a lot of flexibility, but has – has that changed the way you would operate uh, during the summer normally in terms of extensions or trying to be prudent, making sure you preserve that kind of flexibility? Yeah, you just wanted to, you know, we needed some clarity um, on where we're going. Now we got a little more clarity um, and, and, you know, we're currently working on a plan of, you know, how we want to move forward. And, and, you know, look, I mean, I've always been one that, um, you know, you want to try to lock up your own players early. Um, and keep them in the, you know, get them locked up. Um, but with so much uncertainty out there, we didn't know, you know, what the next two or three years was going to look like. And you can't, I mean, you got to project out here uh, when you're, when you're, when you're building your roster and extending players. Now that we have a little more clarity, uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll have some, we'll have some uh, lines in the water and see what, so what happens. All right. Stephen Holder. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm you good. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, so um, I know you're a baseball guy. Um, you saw, I imagine, what happened with the Marlins this week. Mm -hmm. um, and I know we don't know how it happened necessarily, but just what was your just general reaction to that? And uh, do you think, you know, how, how likely do you think you guys can avoid a similar fate in your sport? Well, I mean, you know, I, I wish I had more details on the Marlins and what happened. It's a shame. Um, but, you know, it's something they're going to – I mean, they built a 30-man taxi squad for those reasons. Um, and I think that's why we, you'll see eventually with our practice squad being bigger bigger this year, um, it's going to give us a chance that's, you know, a, a chance to have players that are, that are available. Um, but, no, we just uh, – that's where – just not knowing the specifics of why it happened, but it also shows, you know, that it is contagious and we've got to take every step we can when players enter the building that, you know, we know that uh, they're safe and they're healthy and they're not, you know, carrying this. Okay, Jim Aiello. Hey, Jim. Hey, Chris, thanks for taking some time. Uh, just curious about scouts and sending guys out during during the year to to colleges and visits and things like that i mean have the nfl given you guys any any direction as to what that will look like and, and how you'll also handle that no 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 direction we'll be look we'll be careful i'm not going to put a guy on the road um if i think he's going to be put in harm's way won't do that won't do that to him or his family there's enough to do there's enough tape to watch we've already probably we've already got i mean ed and kevin and john shaw and uh, all our group, Morocco, they will have them all. We we'll have projects for each one of them to do. We've got them grinding right now on on a lot of pro tape uh, and teams because we're not going to get preseason games in. Um, and then, you know, the uncertainty with college football right now, we just don't know. 
Um, but we can get our job. I mean, there's, I'll tell you this, scouts now become more important because the evaluation, I mean, let's, let's say the disaster happens and we're evaluating off last year's tape. Um, it's going to take real work and real skill um, to get that done. And this is where your connections as a scout become very important because if you can't get on the road, you've got to have enough connections where you've got to be, you're able to pick up the phone and really dig and call um, and people got to trust you to really give you the accurate information. Um, so, but we'll be careful. Um, we'll be smart about it. Uh, knowing that the draft is still a ways away, um, we'll tackle that problem. And when the league finally gives us protocols about what we need to do, uh, we'll take a look at them and figure out how we want to handle it. Bob Kravitz. Bob. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Excuse my dog in the background. That's all right. With, with, with no preseason games, how does that alter your ability to reach conclusions on players? And how will it impact those undrafted free agents who the last, I think, 21 years you've had at least one make the squad? Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I mean, look, it's going to be a challenge. We're going to have to set up competitive situations um, in training camp to be able to really evaluate uh, the player we best we can. Um, the 16, the 16 man practice squad that we're talking about having um, is going to help um, because it's, you know, I'd be surprised if you see as many claims as you did in the past. Um, but we've got to set up, you know, competitive situations. And, I, you know, and I hear the talk about the rookies um, and then all the missed, you know, the missed extra reps the rookies have had. And, yeah, it's going to impact them. But, but look, all 32 teams are dealing with the same – or 31 other teams are dealing with the same things that we're dealing with. Um, and every rookie is dealing with this. Um, you know, Cremo, if, if they're talented like we think they are, um, and even the undrafted free agents, um, they'll show. We'll give them a chance to show um, where they got a chance to, you know, if we think they can play a role and help us, they'll, they'll make the team. I mean, I always think back to Darius. Um, if it, You know, if you recall, Darius didn't practice a snap in OTAs. None. Zero. And all he did was go out and be defensive player, you know, rookie of the year. They're good players. They've been playing this game a while now. I mean, this ain't, you know, we're not talking about the first time they're ever you know, putting on a uniform and touching a football. These guys have played football. And I actually think for rookies, because they wear down. I mean, if you think about it, they go through their whole season. A lot of them play bowl games. Then they go in the pure training mode for the combine. They go to the combine. Then they have pro days, a ton of visits. Then they end up on a – they get drafted or as an undrafted free agent by a team. They go all of May, all of June – they really get about a three-week break, a four-week break, and then they're kicking up camp. It is a grind for a rookie. And there's, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they haven't been through that same grind that they have, you know, in the past. So it'll be interesting to see physically. All the rookies that showed up are on really good physical shape. Rusty Jones and um, his staff did a tremendous job um, making sure these guys, you know, were working and doing what they needed to do. Um, and we put a big emphasis on that this offseason. And our rookies, um, they came in in really good shape and ready to go. I know that kind of went in about five different ways, Bob, but I, I hope I answered it. All right, Dave Griffiths. <laughs> hey, Chris. Uh, I wanted to follow up on your comments saying this month is important. You're already learning some things right now about what to do. Uh, but without any preseason games, you don't get the trial run to, like, go on the road. You know, I'm sure that would have been valuable, but do you think you can be ready for week one and without having that type of uh, trial run, as you will have, I guess, more trial runs for practice and other experiences? Well, college football does it every year. They don't have any preseason games. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, most of our team, I mean, they understand what a road trip looks like. Um, we'll have to train our rookies and we'll find a way to do that. Um, but the majority of this team has traveled. They understand the expectations. Uh, you know, when we get on the plane to travel, there's going to be some more restrictions in the hotels uh, to keep ourselves safe, which will definitely um, – our staff will do a tremendous job. Jeff Brown, uh, who is great at his job, will do a he'll, – he'll have a – he'll find a way to make sure we get these guys trained and they understand. Um, but, yeah, I mean, college football does it every year. I mean, they line up and play and – 
I'm talking big games. I mean, uh, they line up and play big, good teams and big games. And, you know, that's what, that's what we'll do. And that's what other 31 teams in the league will do. Okay. Mike Wells. Hey, Mike. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Um, thanks, thanks for the time. What, starting with Frank, what have you learned about your coaching staff and players going back when essentially everything got shut down and moved to the virtual side? And, it, and what gives you, you know, optimism that you guys can, you know, compete this year, you know, as long as you stay healthy, obviously? Um, well, look, Frank's a lot like I am where, that's why I, I mean, he, there's no panic. I mean, there's no panic in him. And when your leader doesn't panic, everybody else feels a sense of calm. So that that's one. Um, and it, there's never an excuse. Like, I think both of us are really good at this, but Frank, Frank, especially like he never makes an excuse. Like just, you know, whoever we got, we got, let's go. It's our job uh, to find a way to win. Um, and it's been, and I'll tell you one of the really cool things this off season, because we taped all our zoom meetings um, with our players. Um, and I, and I watched, you know, I'd tell you practically all of them and all, I watched all of our coaches teach. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, that's what coaches are. They're teachers. They're great teachers. And it was great to watch each one of them, um, really find ways to, to teach material. Um, they were all creative. Uh, that's, I mean, that was, that was a beautiful thing to watch, man. I mean, cause, and none of them flinched. None of them, I don't hear any, I mean, like, I mean, we got to, I don't, I think they know being around here, no bitching, no complaining. I mean, just let's, let's, no bitching, no, let's, let's find answers. Um, and it's been, it was fun to watch them find answers and ways to reach and teach kids at every level. Every level of the organization was able to do that on the, on our side, on the football side from Rusty and, and Rich being able to uh, do the do the show the workouts that needed to be done from our our nutritionist Kirsten who is she's freaking outstanding the work that she's done nutritionally we've got some spend a little more time with them uh, making sure they understood they understood what needed to be done you know nutritionally what needed to be done she's created she she got us into an app. Um, I'll tell you how we're doing our meals. I mean, we have an app and you have to get on it and you have to order each day, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and it's, it comes in a bag. And I think y'all know, you know, nutritionally, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of our program, uh, what they're putting in their body. So she has been, you know, phenomenal over zoom calls and really, really connecting with our players and getting them to buy in. Um, so no, I, I, and I think that comes directly from Frank's leadership. I mean, Frank, he, he, he's not going to flinch now, no matter what we're going to, you're going to always have during a season obstacle. It just, it's going to happen every team and how you deal with those um, is usually how you end up uh, at the end of the season. All right, George Bremer. Hey, George. Hey, Chris. Thanks for your time. Yes, sir. Building off sort of that last question a little bit, obviously the last couple of years there have been unexpected challenges for this team. Everybody has them, but <laughs> the guys that, that have been through that, is it managed this year in a way? Is it a blessing in disguise in some ways? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's not, not knock on wood. I mean, <laughs> we've seen a lot um, and we've had to handle a lot. Teams had to handle a lot. Um, so I, I do think when you – when you show people uh, when there's a problem, you know, when there's something bad happens, um, that you're not going to flinch and you're not going to cave to the pressure uh, of the situation, I do think it helps. And I think it's going to help our team. I mean, I think people forget how young our team is, still is, but it's a young team with experience. And they've been through a ton from one in five uh, to coming back and ripping off games in a row uh, winning a playoff game in Houston uh, to starting last season with Super Bowl expectations and, you know, Andrew uh, retiring, um, you know, the five and two start and then the dip. That was a young football team that got a lot of, a lot of experience handling a lot of difficult situations. And that's going to, that's going to help us. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be a beneficial to us. Greg Doyle. 
Hey, Greg. Greg, you had to unmute there. You got to mute. There you go. Had to be one of us going to do that. What a shock <laughs> it was me. Um, so why did you pick Dave Hammer to be your infectious expert? All right. Um, that's a good question. One, experience. Been in this league, you know, a long time, over 20 years. Um, and it, from an administrative standpoint, I don't think I've ever been around anybody as good. Um, and I knew he, we knew he would have the vision uh, to put all this stuff together um, and make sure it gets, you know, done and everything, every I dotted and T crossed um, because he's meticulous with everything that he does. So we thought he was the, um, the perfect person, you know, for this role. And look, I mean, it is a lot. I mean, there's a ton on Dave Hammer. I mean, I, I got to remind him, hey, look, you know, you got to sleep. Um, you got to take some time for yourself, but we couldn't have a better person uh, in this role. All right, Stacy Bales, you want to hop in? Hey, Stacy. Hey, Chris, great to see you. Same uh, here. Two questions. I had one to begin with. My first was, what have you learned about Philip Rivers this offseason? Oh, second, he love. Okay, go ahead. I, that's easy. The second is, why did you want to watch every single Zoom, <laughs> and and how many were there? Um, all right, Philip, easy, loves football, wants to win, um, tremendous internal drive um, to be a great teammate, to win, um, to be the best he can be. He's had to buy in some things that we do here um, nutritionally and workout-wise that he's never had to experience before. Um, so it's just – it's different for him, but he bought into it. Um, and then his, his love for the game and football and his teammates, um, I, I think you're even, they're going to feel it even more now that he's, you know, now that he's here in the building. Um, and then as for the, what was your next question? Why did you decide to watch every Zoom? Ah, Zoom meeting. Every okay. Meeting, how many, how many were there? I don't know. I mean, we, how many times did we meet? I mean, um, look, it was a way, number one, when you're, as a way for me to learn, okay? Learn our, I mean, really learn what we're doing offensively and defensively, just the little things that, I mean, you know, and I know, but there's changes every year. So being able to watch those and see the changes of what they're gonna ask our players to do, um, you know, is important from a scouting standpoint. And then from a, and then from a, you know, just a teacher standpoint, you know, what, what guys are dialed in? Um, how do our guys teach? You know, what's, what's the different, I mean, everybody's got a different teaching style and a different learning style. Um, so to be really be able to watch those, um, it, it was invaluable. I mean, it really was, it was invaluable. And I learned a lot, uh, you know, watching those, those, those meetings and you know, we'd attend some live, but you know, we taped every one of them. Um, and I think it's good. All right. We're going to finish up with two more here. Kevin Bowen. Chris, as you look at your roster, um, most intriguing positions that stand out to you, some battles you're looking forward to watch? Well, I mean, I'm just sitting here peeking. I mean, I, I think the linebacker position is one that I think we got a lot of talent. Uh, be fun to watch those guys battle for the roster. Um, uh, you know, I think we got, you know, three tremendous linebackers and, you know, Darius Walker and Okariki. Um, I, I think we can compare them to anybody in the league. Um, and they're all young um, and athletic, fast, everything we want. Um, but then, you know, behind it's not like it's chopped liver either. I mean, we think speed's got, you know, a lot of upside. Um, you've got Matt Adams and Zaire, who are both mainstays, um, and both have played for us and been great on teams. And then you got Glasgow added um, that, that we think's got, you know, a really good fit. So that that's going to be fun to watch. Um, the There's no question that, you know, on the D-line, um, I mean, you know I'm driven by it. Um, we know we got to be great there. So I'm, I'm looking at, you know, what the addition of Buckner, you know, how it's really going to impact everybody else. And I think it's going to have a big impact. Um, and I think he's a pretty special um, player, but also a special person. Um, and he's going to be a great addition. It'd be fun to watch that. And then, you know, of course, the kicking battle. Um, we're going to have to find ways to make sure that we create 
um, enough competition and pressure situations for both McLaughlin and, and Blankenship. Um, but, and Frank and staff have a plan for it. Um, but, but that's going to be an interesting one to watch. All right. And then last question, Taylor Tannenbaum. Hey, Chris. Um, hey, Taylor. Hey, it's kind of a follow-up to earlier when I know you mentioned that you haven't had any discussions with anyone about opting out of the season, but have guys come to you with concerns and reservations just man-to-man -man or are really worried about the season that lies ahead, maybe not opting out, but just really weighing their options here? Um, so last night we had a big call um, where Dave Hammer went through everything um, that we're doing and then league protocols um, you know, and things that, I mean, it was the, it was down and dirty and every aspect of what they're doing. And, um, on the call, there's a bunch of questions. Of course, guys, of course, it's unknown. They're going into the unknown. So there's, there's definitely questions that came up and look with our team. The one thing, the one thing is, that's pretty neat is that they're not scared to ask questions in the front of a group. Um, and we made sure they understood that, look, if, um, if you still have questions, let us know. I mean, we're here to make sure you stay safe. I think when they get in the building, they'll see everything we're doing. You know, they haven't been, I mean, all they tested the other day, um, but they still haven't been in the building. So I think once they get in and they see all the work we're doing, um, I think they'll get, I think they'll get more comfortable. Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, Good to see this group, and especially good to see this group, right, with training camp upon us. Obviously, I think we've all been looking forward to this day um, of getting started, you know, back to football, even though it'll be uh, not the normal training camp and not normal in any ways, but it'll be what we would call a new normal, right? And many times in life and in football, you got to get ready for that. Sometimes we got to make adjustments and get ready for new normals. And we're all, we've all been doing that for a while. And we're doing that here, here at the Indiana Farm Bureau and as a Colts organization. So um, it's been really fun to get to see the players, especially the rookies, right? Many of them the first time, first time seeing them face to face. Um, albeit with a mask on, but it's been, it's been good. I believe our guys are ready to go. The rookies look good. Guys have come in in shape. You know, we do all the testing, weight, body fat, physical testing. All that stuff has been really good stuff. Um, I feel like even though we were doing virtual stuff the whole off season, our strength and conditioning staff did a great job. Our rookies did a great job of, you know, keeping up with the programs that we were given, that they were given. Um, to be able to come back in here. It's a little bit of an adjustment as a rookie, that kind of the way we train specifically as a team and to this league in general, um, it, it, there's a little bit of a transition there. So our guys did a phenomenal job there and came in in great shape. Obviously the vets <clears throat> started coming in for their testing uh, yesterday. Um, haven't had a chance to see or, or speak to many of them, just a couple here and there out in the parking lot. And while I was getting a test, see a couple of them walking into the COVID testing building. Um, but that's about it. So um, looking forward to getting started. Um, looking forward to getting used to the new normal. Uh, we, you know, one thing that Chris and I, as we've talked in the last couple months preparing for this, and especially in the last couple of weeks, it's uh, we're going to lay everything out front with all the new protocols how we're gonna address these things, and then we're gonna go. We're gonna get it behind us. Uh, the good thing is we, we feel like we have the players and the organization that has a maturity to not allow this to be a distraction, to understand it's real, to understand we have a responsibility, um, but not allow it to be a distraction. Um, it becomes much easier to do that when you're really focused on the right thing. So that's what our job is as coaches and players is to focus on the right things and then just follow the new normal, the new protocols and get to work. And uh, looking forward to having a great year, a very productive year. We'll adjust and adapt as we go as needed. It'll be challenging. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be challenging. It'll be fun. Um, and I believe we got the right guys in the right organization
to handle whatever uncertainty comes our way. Um, but also we have the right guys to stay focused on getting better and looking forward to winning a lot of games this year. So I'll open it up from there. All right, Zach Kiefer. Hey, Frank, how's it going? Zach, how you doing? Not too bad. You mentioned the new normal. We're all going to have to deal with it. Um, is a part of you worried that everything you have to deal with with the new normal is going to pull you away from what you're hired to do, which is just coach football? You know what I mean? Like, is there any part of you that's worried that you won't have as much of your time to be able to just strictly coach football because of every curveball you're going to have to deal with on this front? No, you know, that's one of the reasons why I feel we're, you know, as an organization and why as a head coach, I feel, you know, it's an incredible partnership that I have with Chris. Obviously, Chris has a lot going on as well, but we get to the season and, you know, some of the other more administrative stuff that is tied to this, um, I can trust, you know, that Chris will take the brunt of a lot of that, um, allow me to free up to coach football and to get ready to do game plans, to do all the thing, connect with players, to do all the things that we need to do. Now, obviously, you know, we're talking every day, but, and then secondly, personally, I just find that you have to learn how to do that your whole year. That's part of being a pro. You, you know, you wear certain things and they're not a distraction. You just, you just learn how to do that. And I think with maturity, um, you can do that. Hey, Mike Chappell. Coach, how you doing? Hey, Chap, how you doing? With all that's going on, how – and it's going to be such a uh, <clears throat> constricted camp and preseason with, with no OTAs and all that. As a coaching staff, how do you balance getting them ready but not ramping it up too quick to where you're risking whatever you have to – you need to be ready by September 13th. How do you do that with the constricted time? Yeah. I, I like to use the term healthy tension a lot. I've used that a fair amount with our team. Um, a lot of times we look at tension as a bad word, and I think that healthy tension can be a good thing. So in relationship to what you're saying, Chap, you know, on one hand, I really trust our guys have come in and they're in shape and they're ready to go. And so we're going to, in one regard, have the mindset of we're, we're pushing forward. We have a schedule. The schedule is already built in. There's a ramp up built in the schedule. So my mindset is um, when we're in a period, when we're in a phase, you're taking the reins off and you're going and you're going hard. You're being physical. You're playing hard. You're playing fast. Everything in the schedule is built to protect them from overdoing it. And so I uh, feel confident about that. So our job will be to push, um, understanding that the schedule is, is built the way it is, and then you know, we'll adapt as needed if we go. Just a quick follow-up. Will it be more difficult to, to get a really serious good look at undrafted guys' late-round picks, or do you think you've got a really good grasp on who can do what and who is what? I think without question, the more reps that you can see of a guy, the better. We all have, you know, we all think we're pretty good evaluators in this building. And so, um, and so we, so naturally, I think we feel confident we're going to be able to figure out who it is that should make our team and who's going to help us the most. But realistically, does it hurt them? Yeah, I mean, realistically, it does hurt them a little bit. It, there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a nuance there that um, without those games. Um, now, the other side of it that oh, though is Chris and I, I was Chris and I were talking about this today is without the preseason games. Um, you know, there's really no ramp up practices. We're going hard in practice. I mean, so you're not, you don't have to slow down the day before the preseason game. You know, every practice is, you know, you're working your opportunities in there. We'll go down to Lucas Oil a couple times right now, you know, have a plan. So we'll go down to, if all things work out, which it looks like they are, you know, working with Pete and Chris and just going through all the details there, we'll go down to Lucas Oil twice kind of get that routine and we'll try to make those those practices as game-like as we can as well. All right, Stephen Holder. Hey, Stephen, how you um, doing? I'm good, how are you? Um, 
kind of an extension of, of what Chap asked. Um, you know, I was going to ask, um, how well do you think you know this team? You know, because by now you would have gotten, you know, a lot of on-field work, limited as it may be. Uh, but, you know, you could tinker with things. You could try things. Um, you're kind of starting from scratch a little bit. Um, do, do, do you feel like you have a handle of what you have? Or do you feel like that's still uh, to be learned? So a lot of it's still to be learned. You know, do we have as good of a handle of it? as if we had the off season with them, you know, in person, of course not. I mean, I'd be, you know, you know, I like to be optimistic, but that would be unrealistic to say that. Here's what's to our advantage though. Every team has new pieces, but when I look at, uh, at least on, to start on offense, who are the new pieces? Who are some of the new pieces we have? Um, well, the quarterback, we all know that story. I don't have to go into that. We know, I, I know the quarterback, he knows the offense. He knows our coordinator and our, you know, so there's, I feel good about that. Trey Burton is another uh, really important piece to this equation. Um, I think Trey's going to have a really productive year. Um, and, but I was with Trey for two years. So we know we have a vision. I've talked to Philip a lot about the role that we envision Trey going into. And as an offensive staff, you know, Nick and I have talked a lot about that. So, and then, you know, then all of a sudden you get Pittman and Jonathan Taylor and so on. And those are rookies and they're, they'd be the same anyway, but we've spent so much time studying, studying them. feel like we have a pretty good idea what they can do. So um, is it perfect? No, but I feel real confident that comparatively speaking, we're in good shape. All right, Kevin Bowen. Hey Frank, good to see you. Hey Kevin, how you doing? Good. Um, I don't know if you had conversations with Linda in the off season about coaching, but I mean, there is a risk factor, you know, for, for, you know, people of your age and maybe some members of your coaching staff. Um, have you had conversations with anyone on your staff or even yourself about some of the risks that uh, some of you might be taking? Yeah. I mean, we did uh, had all those conversations. Um, you know, nobody's, Nobody is right completely risk free. You know, I'm 58. Uh, I'm very. I don't have any of the typical underlying conditions that um, that are listed that make you high risk. And then I would, of course, naturally think that I'm in good shape for a 58 year old. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm. You know, we're we're just following the protocols. You know, I, I'm going to do my part, hold my responsibility. Um, I've had the same conversation with my family that Chris has had with him as far as, hey, we're limiting, limiting visitors and saying, hey, let's just, we'll adjust to this as we go. But right now to start, we're going lim- to, we're going to limit our exposure as much as we can as a responsibility to the team and the organization. But from that regard, really have no fear of what's going on. Just take the normal precautions. All right, Jim Aiello. Hey, Frank, how you doing? Hey, Jim. Uh, Chris, just a little bit ago, mentioned uh, the kicking competition and, and you guys having a plan for that um, between Chase and, and uh, Blankenship. I was just wondering if you could talk about what that will look like a little bit. And then obviously he didn't, he didn't mention Adam. So I was wondering if you could kind of just fill us in on what maybe the conversation you guys have had about Adam. Yeah, Adam's still, still working. Adam's still working uh, in the rehab. And, and so right now, as far as the competition between those two guys, yeah, I don't mind spelling that out a little bit. Um, without any preseason games, you know, we'll just have practices in general will be competitive, but we'll have some competitive kicking contests in the middle of practice at the end of practice. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to create as many high pressured scenarios as we can for those competitions. They'll, they'll get all of it in their normal routine, but then as a team, you know, we'll create more team atmosphere, more team kicking dr- drills that will be heightened and weighted more heavily in the kicking competition. All right, Phil B. Hey, Coach. Thank you for your time. Hey, Phil. Um, if you uh, will indulge me here, I'm a player. I'm coming to you as my father confessor, if you will. I've had family that have been affected by the coronavirus. I have young children. But I can't let my team down, Coach. What can you tell me? What do you – 
what advice do you give me on making a decision and whether I need to opt out or, or play this season? Um, yeah, I think that the opt out question is, you know, is one that needs is a very serious question. Um, I would, I would just want any player that would come to me, Phil, like you're asking as the quote unquote, to get counsel from the coach, you know, my counsel would be, you know, just do it with good information you know, understand all the factors. I would, I would hate to see in, in the scenario that you brought up, if there's a lot of underlying conditions in the family, there's a lot of high risk in the family, then that's something serious, serious to be considered. Um, but I wouldn't want a player to get into the fear mongering mode of just opting out without all the information and really understanding it and talking through it. It is a big emotional decision. So I just think it's important. And I think sometimes I'm just speaking from experience here, you know, we've all, whatever it's been, sometimes you, you hear about there's a, a pandemic or something else in the past. And for whatever reason, we, we, you get, a, sometimes you get more of a fear of one thing than another that you just address that make sure you have all the information, um, get good information. Don't rush into a decision after talking that through with all the proper medical people, understanding the risks, then then make an informed an informed decision. And if that's the best decision for you and your family, then we'll respect that. Thank you, Coach. George Bremer. Coach, thanks for your time. Hey, Phil. Or George. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering, uh, Chris mentioned earlier that there's kind of cooperative spirit right now throughout the league, people sharing information, and that you've had a lot of conversations with other head coaches. Uh, without naming names, is there any anything that stood out from those conversations? Anything that, that, that you think you can employ this summer? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just been a good, good been a good spirit of camaraderie. Um, this is, you know, we are figuring this out together, sharing ideas, how we're handling things, uh, what are the protocols, you know, where there's little nuances, how how we how you handle this, um, how you handle that, just talking through you know, roster dynamics, stuff like that. I, I think it's been encouraging. Um, it's not surprising to me, um, but those conversations have been good and they've been helpful. And, you know, I, I, I've gotten one or two good ideas from other coaches and, and I hope I've given them one or two good ideas. So um, it's been good conversation. All right, Dave Griffiths. Hey, Coach, you've mentioned the maturity of your team a couple of times. This seems like a year where that could be very relevant and just, I guess, trusting your players when they go out from your facility where you have so much control of them to not much control to have their best interest and the team's best interest in mind during that time, right? Yeah, Dave. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's probably not a day that's gone by in the last two weeks that Chris and I haven't talked about that, specifically talking about the maturity of our team naturally we're biased like anybody's biased but i just feel like that what i said to chris the other day when i know he's in agreement with this is that this puts our team i believe this puts our team in a competitive advantage uh, i really do I, I believe that because i believe we got high character guys really guys who are willing to sacrifice guys who are willing to do the best to do the right thing but at the same time we need to acknowledge and like uh, I know Chris has said, you know, this is the ultimate test in discipline and team discipline. And I do think that's true. But I also think that sometimes things happen. There's, there's the, the quote unquote luck factor. There's providential factors that sometimes are out of our control. We could be the most disciplined team, the most mature team in the league. And you can't stop, you know, you, you can't stop at all. You, there's, there's some things you can't stop and that you have no control over. So it's a maturity to not only handle it the best situ handle it the best way we can, but also if something does happen like that, we just can't overreact to what's happening. Like to say, oh, who let us down? You know, where make that person feel guilty where you let the whole team down. Stuff is gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So let's just do the best we can to handle it and then we'll respond accordingly. Bob Kravitz. Hi, Frank. Hey, Bob. Um, you talked about competitive advantage. Do, 
do you see this season as being kind of the ultimate test of an organization's strength? Because you've had so many curveballs. I mean, everybody in the league has had curveballs thrown their way. Is this the ultimate test of organizational strength? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I do think it is. Uh, yeah, it might be the certainly to this date or to my young date as a head coach. This has been the ultimate test for us, for you know, for Chris and I in our roles as an organization, for our team, for the whole club. So. Um, I just have a lot of confidence that we're going to handle it the right way. Um, like I just said, that doesn't mean that we can protect ourselves from everything. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's really going to come down to, um, you know, being able to adapt and adjust and just, and not flinch. I, I hope that we have no guys go down through the whole year or no coaches go down through the whole year and that we don't miss a game. But you know, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, there's guys guys and coach, players and coaches that may have to miss games. And so I do think that is the ultimate team test. How are we going to handle it? Chris and I talked about it the other day, you know, the 53-man roster, 16 guys on the practice squad, every one of them is a starter. Every one of them we, you know, we got to look at is this guy's a starter. We got to get him right. How are we going to do training camp to make sure that the 69th guy on the roster is ready to play week one? because something could happen that he's up all, and maybe he's not starting, but maybe he has to come in and play a key role because somebody has to, somebody gets the virus and can't, five guys get the virus right before week one and can't play. And now all of a sudden those guys are playing. So it's a good test for our team. Joel Erickson. Hey Frank, uh, sort of along those lines, um, I know some other coaches have talked about like, uh, splitting squads in practice to get guys more reps or, uh, you know, having one quarterback who's like a quarantine quarterback and kind of off by themselves. Have you given thought to any of those things in terms of how to get guys more reps or how to preserve someone at an important position? Yeah. Hey, Joel. Um, yeah. So something we did, we did it. We did it our first year here in 18. We didn't do it as much last year, but in training camp, you know, we'll split the field. Uh, we'll split the field some. It won't be every day, but that'll be one way. That'll be one way to get more guys, more guys uh, at the back end of the roster, more reps. So we'll have two fields going. We're running the same plays, the same defenses. So we're getting double the amount of plays. You have to be a little bit careful of that, Joel, because, right, because players can only take so many reps before their bodies break down. But it is a good way it is a good way to address it. Um, the other thing as far as, um, you know, the, the quarterback, like how you asked the question about keeping the quarterbacks away, quarantine them one. We've talked about that scenario. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen, or I'll show you, like, here's the, I uh, have this wristband on it. Here's the contact tracer. I don't know if you can see that. So this contact tracer, it's beeping blue. It, it is a slow beep of blue, right? It's a so, slow uh, beep of blue. And if you had one on and we were within six feet of each other, it would start beating fast beat red. And so, um, again, we won't allow this to be a distraction, but like we've set up our meeting rooms so that we set all these things on the meeting room to make sure that none of them are beeping red when uh, everybody is sitting in their seat. So if the quarterback, and, and that goes not only in the team room, but in every, in every position room. Um, there's still the question, you know, six feet's not a magic, you know, that's the guideline, but there will be times that we may consider there, there may be times where we may consider taking a guy out of a room and having him meet virtually, you know, if we get to that point, we're not going to do that yet, but we have talked about that scenario. All right, Greg Doyle. Frank, I, I know what you meant by the luck factor, but I still got to giggle a little bit at that, the luck factor. So thank you for the giggle. It's been a long day. <laughs> Um, listen, this is a new world for all of us, um, and there in your your world, your building, it's new for you, obviously. Um, who are you leaning on for direction, for expertise, for, I mean, you're the leader of the team, and yet you don't know how to handle the virus and the contagion and all that. What do you do? Who, who's your helper? Um, it's a collaborative effort. You know, it's Chris and I, it's with all of our team doctors, our trainers, um, you know, all the people. I didn't see Chris's press conference earlier, but I 
heard some of it at the very beginning before I stepped into a meeting talking about all the people that were involved. Um, it's a big crew and it's a very collaborative effort. And you're right, none of it, no one person has all the answers. So I find myself listening a lot and knowing that there's a lot of people in this building that I trust to a very high degree and listening to them for their counsel. And I, my job as the head coach is to distill that down to the players. And so I, that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to learn from the experts in the medical field and then Chris and I, from an organizational standpoint and from a football standpoint, can decide how that distills down. What, how are we going to define and reshape this building? How are we going to redo meeting rooms? How are we going to redo practice? What are going to be the mask protocols for walkthroughs? Um, those kind of things. That's my job as the head coach. Other than that, I'm listening and trying to garner that information and then figure out how to disseminate that to the players. All right, Mike Wells. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg, you got another one? Nope, thanks. Okay. Mike Wells, you're up. Hey, hey, Frank, how you doing? Hey, I wanted to ask you, coaches spend a lot of time, you know, during OTAs and after the draft kind of getting to know the players. How did you go about to kind of develop the relationship with your players and kind of get to know, you know, how they are away from the football field? You know, most of it was virtually, you know, during our OTA things, calling a few guys, um, but most of it was just virtually, you know, over Zoom in meetings and not just always one-on-one, -on -one, but as the head coach, I was, during that time, I would pop around from meeting to meeting. I wasn't always in the quarterback meeting. You know, for instance, I'd, I'd hop over to the defense. I'd sit in the defensive line room for a little bit just to watch and listen, just to watch and listen to guys. Um, then I'd go in the, in the secondary room or the linebackers room so during the whole OTAs, even if we were in the building, I wouldn't have done that as much as I did because it was just very easy to do via Zoom where I'm just popping around from meeting to meeting for 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, listening and maybe interjecting most of the time just listening and getting to learn, getting to know guys that way. Do you feel like you're kind of playing catch up still though because of, I mean, you know how it is. I mean, doing it over Zoom is not the same as, having that face-to-face -face interaction, in in interaction in person. Yeah, no, I'm definitely playing catch up with the rookies. You know, definitely playing catch up with the rookies, just having never met them face-to-face. -face. So try to just just slowly build that day by day while they're here, for sure. Right. Follow up with a couple more here. Um, Charlie Clifford. Frank, coming off those powerful conversations regarding racial inequality and racial injustice. Are there any plans for action at training camp that, that we may see uh, watching practice and whatnot or anything within meetings going forward? Um, there's no imminent plans as far as, you know, in training camp, there will be continuing dialogue and discussion. Uh, you know, I think we all saw some of the things that our players did, you know, over the, over the break, Jacoby's event was incredible. Um, that was incredible, you know, other things going on. So, um, you know, we're, we're in that kind of mode of focused, uh, always knowing that that is, that issue is very near and dear to our hearts. Um, you know, we understand we're getting ready to play football and we, we need to focus on football. Again, this goes to the maturity aspect of life is complex. You have to learn how to have something that you really have to focus on, but there's other things in life other than football. And that's one of them for us. So every person has to deal with that individually. And we all do. I kind of have my way of doing it and uh, the way I try to approach it weekly. And then as a, you know, every player does the same thing. And then as a team, you know, well, I'm sure we'll have team things when we have our community Mondays and some things as the, we, as the year progresses, we'll do things together as a team more of the players because the coaches are still working on Mondays. But when the players get their day off, I'm sure they'll do a few things that will be planned in that regard. All right, Kevin Bowen, you want to take the last one here? Hey, Frank, um, Chris mentioned Phillip buying into some things nutritionally, workout-wise, a, a little bit of a change of plan, I guess, for him. You know, 16 years into it, guys can be pretty stubborn in their ways. Why do you think Phillip is, is so open to doing that? 
because he's a great he's a great player and a great teammate. And yeah, I mean, he every great you know, there's a sense of every great player I've ever been around at some level has a degree of stubbornness to them. You know, they you know, Phillips done things a certain way. He he knows they work. When when he and I were together before, you know, we talked a lot about <clears throat> excuse me, I talked a lot about this before that you know what we just talk about small incremental changes and the one thing that you know when you get to be an older vet i don't like to see older vets all of a sudden just do some drastically new things um many times that backfires so you know i've talked to our strength and conditioning staff i've talked to philip we all we all have the approach of hey philip knows what he's doing he's been doing this a long time he knows what he works but Philip agrees and we agree that he can get better just because this is year 17 he, and he's 38 years old. There's ways that he can physically get better. And so he's committed to doing that. And, but he also knows that we're committed like we are to every other player on our team to tailoring something that is very specific to him at 38 years old, 17 years into his career, what's right for him to be the best version of himself when we line up against Jacksonville, hopefully, in week one. And uh, it's, it's a really good situation.